wearing a diaper right now. <clears throat> what? And that's a good place to start. Uh, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots vs. Texas program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Right, that's right. Um, I just want to kick things off by saying, uh, if you're not planning on voting, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go vote. Seriously, um, just put put take your hand out of your pants. Yeah. Uh Put it, dust off your computer and look up your polling place and just go fucking vote. Yeah. For all those uh, who are masturbating right now, kudos. <laughs> and also, you can do when it. You're you done. can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and don't let it take up your whole day. Edging can only take you but so far. Go out and vote. <laughs> but yes, um, also wanted to give a shout out. Um, to uh, three special podcasts that are deep in my heart currently that I'm listening to. Um, the ISF, Incredibly Strange Films podcast on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, The Hoof, uh, hosted by our friends Tommy Lombardozzi. And um, his pal Chris. And also Video Vampires, really cool horror um, podcast like uh, they review horror movies um if you like your horror if you like a review check out video vampires they are fucking dope um, nice nice yeah. i want to give a i want to give a shout out to star trek discovery um they are two episodes deep into season three and it's fucking fantastic uh not to take anything away from any other show on tv right now because i'm a fan of a lot of stuff um, especially with the fucking first episode of the Mandalorian dropping and uh, blowing everybody's dicks off. But um, <laughs> Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery is a damn fine show and it's taken the franchise into places where no one has gone before. And I'm being serious about that. So if you're a Trek head, check it out. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I didn't give you that bullshit when you were giving your shot to, shout outs. All right, so all right, all right, all right. Fine. Have some respect. <laughs> I would argue that Star Trek doesn't need a shout out because, you know, it's Star Trek. But, you know. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. I know. I'm a hater. I'm a hater. Yes, yes, hate, you hate, are. Hate, 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 hate. Speaking Me of hate. Meanwhile, uh, before before we even started recording, you knew my uh, Tuvix reference. So, like, really, <laughs> stop faking the funk on a nasty dunk. All right. Speaking of rivalries, we're going to spark up a little rivalry here you. with our long running movie movies blah, with our long running segment about pitting movies against each other uh, this week. We are doing a Halloween spooktacular with inanimate objects. Uh, <laughs> we pit Oculus versus Infabric. And let me tell you, man. Jeez. Um, uh, <laughs> Where to even start? You Let's launch into Oculus since you're, I can already feel your haterade, haterade for this movie, man. All right, um, Oculus. Uh, oh my God, this movie! 
this movie was really sniffing its own farts. Um, it's about a haunted slash cursed mirror. Um, it would have been better if it was just a thing of, of cursed yogurt, in my opinion, because this movie, it, 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 it just assumed that we were along for the ride, right? It was just like, look, we're all glossy. We're a major Hollywood production and um, you're on board, right? And uh, about 10 minutes in, I was like, no. Um, just because, <sighs> all right, I'm going to start off serious and then get wacky, okay? I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, appreciate. My, my, my priest said that to me. And uh, I didn't appreciate. <laughs> Ooh. I feel like I was just triggered. <laughs> okay, Yikes. anyway, go, 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 go on. Whoa, <laughs> okay. Good thing you have a diaper on. Um, so I don't appreciate how this film started off uh, with uh, pulling pulling on our uh, collective heartstrings. And a slight caveat here. Um, this movie did come out in 2013 and I feel like the social consciousness has increased since then. But starting off with uh, one of our protagonists uh, committed to a mental institution and apparently he had gone through at least uh, 11 years of manda- mandatory uh, incarceration and therapy. <laughs> And uh, it seemed like he had made tremendous progress and he was being let back out into the world to really start his life, right? Um, And then immediately his asshole sister is like, um, oh, by the way, that thing that you were locked away from for many years, we're diving right back into that. (laughs) Remember your promise. Remember your promise. Yeah, yeah, you're you're free. You don't have a place to live yet. But remember your promise. It's like, wow, you're a dick. Dude, um <clears throat> for one, uh, you know, you say this movie sucked and I beg to differ, you know? Uh <laughs> because I just feel like this movie um I love the way it played with time. Uh, and, and I, I get this feeling from you specifically that you don't like movies that start off with like grief. I, uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. I feel like, it's, like, I, it's such a cheap shot though. That's the thing. Cause there are a lot of horror movies that start off with like grieving, you know, something, something terrible happens to the main characters. And that's when the world throws another, uh, like a supernatural wrench into, you know, the cogs. I just feel like they, they, sometimes they pick it like the really sensitive stuff, uh, that is a large and common problem and just use it for their, for their storytelling devices when it's really not necessary. Like, for example, um, that film we saw uh, one or two weeks ago. Where oh, yeah, that, I remember that. Oh, never. <laughs> I, was being a, I was being a jerk. Where that I'm old like, guy. Oh, yeah, I remember that one movie that we saw way back when. <laughs> when that old guy lost his, his young wife and his uh, and his child before he went to the, the, the conductor. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Fucking no, no, no. The changeling. 
the changeling. Thank you. <laughs> the conductor. I would have been. It would have been awesome if he was like a train conductor. And he was. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally I, ran over my own family, but uh, <laughs> see, that's they were that's, tied to the tracks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's a way George to start the film, C. Scott. But in that, but in that instance, it's just like okay, we're 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 pulled into the trauma really quick. We're given a nondescript family, um, and we just off them and start the film. It's like, all right, I can deal with that. But this one is just like, you know, this this guy is mentally ill, and he's done, <laughs> he's done over a decade of work, not only to get his his sanity in order, but to gain his freedom and to be released back into society. So now we're gonna fuck it all completely up. Um, on top of that, like uh, his support system was just garbage. His sister was just. Could not give two fucks about his well-being. Look, I, I, I kind of thought that was kind of slightly comical about the movie. Um, uh, about, like, the, that his sister, like, made no bones about, like, being like, oh, you know that trauma that you've been busy trying to work on and heal and get better from? You know, fuck all that. Uh, we're going to go... I bought the mirror. We're going to confront our demons. I'm going to say it was all supernatural. I know you probably rationalized it and took a long time to figure things out and put things, you know, in a realistic perspective. But fuck all that. Like, I know it was ghosts. And I've got <laughs> I've got pages of unprinted pages of, like, facts I collected from Wikipedia, you know. It's like, hey, all you know, all those years you spent in the asylum, you know, trying to get over the death of our parents and all that, you know, uh, incredibly large amount of violence. Um, yeah, let me just trigger you right now by bringing out uh, probably over a century of prior violence connected to our situation because that should help you first day right out of the asylum. You don't even have a place to live really right now, but trauma and the thing with that is that while you disliked that aspect of the movie i kind of enjoyed it i i like the fact that they they both uh dealt with their trauma in their own way and that created a very like sharp distinction in between how um how they how each of them dealt with it and that how she was more driven to figure out the mystery behind the mirror than he was because he he's been I mean he shot his dad to death, uh, so um, did he shoot his dad to death? Yes, yeah, he did. yeah, he yes. did. But he but she was all PTSD. She didn't deal with her trauma at all. She spent all those years just sort of like letting this this pain and trauma fester inside of her. I doubt that she's seen a day of therapy. Uh, somehow she managed to cobble together this life with a fiance and a job, uh, but all was in service for this mirror <laughs> that she believes was uh, supernatural. Like, I mean, not to jump ahead too much here, but did she ever stop to think that maybe her and her, maybe her whole family were just... Um, suffering from some sort of psychotic break like it could all be a a, a just a whole self uh, f uh, family contained um psychosis 
See, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like with the movie that you're describing now is hereditary, right? Because that <laughs> dealt with, like, the does is the family crazy, you know? But mm-hmm. this movie, like, makes it, like, kind of known right off the bat that this mirror is haunted. And that, you know, um, if you, you know, if you take the tarp off the mirror, shit's going to go down. So, um, yeah, I, I was, and you, you know, all this stuff, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with, uh, with the, the, the distinction. But I, I still, I'd like to know more about why you think that it's not good. I, well, I'd like to, th- yeah. I'd addition- like you to go through the rundown. <laughs> well, additionally, uh, on one of the points that you made with the whole switching through time, at a certain point, I felt like the director and the writers were just like, if we make it really convoluted, then will the audience will think that they've, they really have to think in order to get this film. And I just felt like it was just um, editing Bukaki. Like they were just like, you know what? <laughs> we're going to, we're going to put this character looking at his childhood from this corner. And then it's going to switch. And da, 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 we're going to have the parents come in, but it's going to be now. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? This, 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 there's no need for this. There's no need for this. We've established that something happened in their childhood. You could, you could put the narrative in a certain way. And yes, the house is all weird now and haunted because this mirror's in it. But it just felt so... It just felt smashed together. It didn't feel... It didn't feel well done at all. I... I don't know. You know what? There, I, I'll agree with you on like 20% of that. Because this guy, uh, the director, Mike Flanagan, has gone on to do other shit that I think has proven to be has proven to take that editing method and that storytelling method of mixing the past and the future uh, to to different degrees because he did uh, did you see Dr. Sleep? Yes. Yeah. He did Dr. Sleep. He did um, he did the haunting of Hill House, uh, which I loved. And then he did the haunting of Bly Manor, uh, which I didn't love. <laughs> Um, and you know, he did this and to a certain degree, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, there were some moments where I was just like, it's a little over the top. It's a little hand fisted, but, um, I saw it as kind of a, a a different kind of stylistic choice, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I don't know, I appreciated it because it made things feel like, and I don't agree with you that it was that convoluted a story because it's just like going back and forth in time telling the story of this family um, who is, you know, who bought a knickknack and it turned out to be whack. <laughs> and that's the straight fact. <laughs> Yo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, but but you know, um, <laughs> to put things plainly, you know, I think it was it was pretty much like it's a, it's just a different way of uh, telling the story. But I guess for you, it was distracting. Is that I, what I'm getting for you? It's not you? that 
it's not that I thought the story was convoluted. The story was pretty simple. It's the depiction on how they were trying to uh, show the characters trying to reconcile with their past through this paranormal activity going on in the film that just made it seem so... I don't know. It it was it was so jumbled. Um, from the like, I thought they had a little bit of potential with um, his sister's name. Let me pull up the character's name. Uh, oh, Kaylee. 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 Yeah, played she, by Karen Gillan. Nebula. Yeah, she, Nebula. There you go. She yeah. she was. There was a certain point, like when she. It seemed like she had spent the past eleven years figuring out how this mirror distracts you and sort of twists your perception and setting up all those different devices within the house to snap them back to reality, having enough food, having enough water, having alarms in different places so that uh, they knew when to do what, uh, like different different uh, reality testing devices, you know, so so that they wouldn't get so caught up in, in whatever power this mirror has. I thought that was interesting. Um, however, when the mirror took over and started messing with their perception, um, it seemed to be getting stronger at certain points. And, and at a certain time, she tried to establish that it only had a certain amount of range. And then a few scenes later, it seemed like it just violated that range. Well, no, because the the range kept increasing. Like, it had a range, and then she was just like, it's this right now. It's like 30 feet now. But later, it'll be like, you know, 60 feet, and then it'll just keep go- keep moving. But why? But, I mean, because, the, because at that point, it means like, it means like we've established a rule just to uh, throw it in the garbage later. I mean, this... No, this... they didn't throw it in. They didn't throw it in the garbage. Because it the 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 more exposure people have to the mirror, the the stronger it gets. I I, I thought that that um that that mm. device worked fine. I, I just uh, I feel like there's an underlying thing that you're just like. I feel like right off the bat, you you just seem displeased with this film. <laughs> I was I was very displeased with. It. Another thing I didn't like about this film is, I. I, I really don't like it when they when they use trauma to try to to pull off the legitimacy of the film in particular traumatizing these children in the flashback scenes with the fighting between their parents with the father possibly having an affair with the mirror with the mother going insane and kind of being abused by the father even though he was possessed it was to see the kids witnessing that it was look i have some of that in my past in real life so i i guess that that's one of my triggers because seeing this i was just like yo i don't dig this at all this is this is fucked up to put in a film and that I, I'll, I'll I'll give it this the performances that those kids put in for that trauma was fucking uncomfortably well done because right. I especially that little boy I'm just like fucked up rest of his life you know yes future relationships just compromised yeah. from here on out 
Um, but I just I just hate it when when movies do that sort of thing. I feel like it's it's taking real life it's taking real life stuff and mixing it into the film just just to give it weight when it's not when the weight isn't in the in the plot or the writing. It's just like, hey, let's take some real life shit and just keep hammering it in your face over and over in the film. And I'm like, eh. well, look, look, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. So, it, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, and, and, and I hate to like take the the devil's advocate role, you know, uh, I hate to I hate to do this, but I feel like that's that's a uh, it's either a a personal bias or b y- you don't like when movies um, mix in serious like horror movies mix in real serious subjects sh- subject matter into their f- their filmmaking stuff because I, I'm not. If it's the latter, then I I can't agree with you there. If it's the former, then I'm just like, okay, that's a personal bias. I totally respect that. I mean, so, okay, this is gonna have to be one of those things where we agree to disagree, just because it's from my perspective. Yes, there is personal bias, but I I feel like I feel like they take uh, they take something that a lot of people can relate to which is not um which is nothing bad to do in writing or movie making because you know it has to connect to reality somehow but they get so heavy-handed with it um and throwing it in your face throughout the film that it takes away from the development of the story because you're just being engaged emotionally without much effort from the production. That's just right. my that's just my perspective. Um, but but that that's that's just one of the things that kept taking me out of the film because once I got past those uh, like mini traumas in the film, I'm just like, why is this mirror cursed? Like, what's the why? Like, where did it come from? The only thing that really sticks in my head is that it was made from black cedar. From Bavaria, which I was just like, <laughs> um, oh, those cursed Bavarian woods, you know, those wacky woods with their bears and their supernaturalness. <laughs> so um, also uh, with regards to like the serious subject matter, I mean, like, I- I'm OK with I don't know. I, I, and uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna I'm okay with it. kids being traumatized on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, I, you know, I don't. I don't want to downplay anything that that you know, uh, any any personal issues that that you've gone through or anything. Um, I I I mean, like, you know what? If it's triggering to you, then I totally respect that. And I, and if you dislike it for that reason then i will totally be like you know what that's ernesto but if it's um but if it's because the movie is dealing with serious subject matter i'm just like how are movies deal with serious subject matter all the time um right so um right. you know like, I, I just the first thing that popped into my head head was uh get out and us you know i'm just mm-hmm. like those were serious themes 
Sure, um, but very different. No, very, very different from Oculus course, because yes, yes, because yes, Get yes. Out wasn't using it as as a as a prop to. Uh, are you still there? Yes. Yeah. I'm okay. Here, here. Video pause. Uh, they weren't using it as as a prop to just you know uh, emotionally stir you up. They were making like real uh, social commentary, whereas Oculus is just like you know, oh, moms and dads fighting and, you know, women being abused in the house and being driven insane is just like, holy shit, you know. Uh, and and why is this particular family being, you know, it was like there was no, uh, it was just all random. Like, yes, I get it that horror movies touch on serious subject matter in order to uh, ground the story somewhat. I have no issue with that. I feel like, I just felt like this movie took the whole you know, dysfunction beyond dysfunctional family, and just kept ramming it down our throats, both both pre and post, um, like getting fucked over by whatever demons uh, were in charge of this mirror. Like there, there were there were just problems throughout. Um, uh, plus, on the plus side, though, uh, I think that Katie Sackoff uh, did a tremendous job. Um, oh man yeah her i feel like her performance was the one that like shone above the rest it was just like so like i feel like i really can't wait to see her in the mandalorian because i'm just like i just want to see her do more good work you know yeah yeah her physical acting especially closer to the end of the film when it seemed like she had been through uh through the fucking ringer and she was almost like dehumanized uh, by being chained up in that room there, there was a, a the physicality of it. I was just like, "Holy shit, man!" She, she threw herself into this aspect of the script. Yeah, and I really hope that um, that she continues getting. I, I just, I think that she's a really good actress. And I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Battlestar Galactica, and I thought her performance <laughs> as Starbuck basically reinvent, like reinvented uh, that character, and uh, was. Uh, was amazing and that show was amazing and i think everybody should watch it <laughs> <laughs> but i do th- i do ching ching <laughs> rvt sponsored by Battlestar galactica <laughs> now streaming on the sci-fi channel network app thing we're not quibby you know <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> so, so I I did think she was a great uh, uh, that her she turned in a great performance. Um, the only thing that I that one of the big things, and I'll touch on this real quick before we we uh, move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that r- bugged me about the movie were, um, you know, there's a certain type of look of actors when they go into making movies. Uh, there's this CW look. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Is like the yeah. CW look where it's just like, my skin is flawless. My jaws chiseled. Yep. You know, <laughs> I look fantastic despite the fact that I've been through an emotional ringer for 12 years. You know, um, his hair was perfectly quaffed. Not a, he, he didn't look like he'd been <laughs> up nights you know, kind of dealing with the trauma. He just looked fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> and so did Karen Gillan. They both look great, but it's just like... it. it 
you know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's a little distracting to me, which is uh, weird to say. I just wish he looked more like frazzled, yeah, and, like beat up, as opposed to like, you know, um, uh, you know, I I deal with trauma, but I you know what I don't deal with. Toyota thon, you know, it's like <laughs> he just looks like he's ready to step onto another, you know, um, like a Liberty Mutual commercial or some shit. He could have walked like, into any audition directly right out of the asylum. Like his, yeah. you're 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 totally right. He was just he was so pretty for somebody who's been doing like that hard internal work for over a decade, you know. Like, I kind of wanted to see, like, a character that was, like, chain-smoking and kind of, like, you know, uh, that there's darkness behind the eyes. But he looked so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And and it just made me want to punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, that's from the director's cut of Oculus, where Pavel just sort of wanders into the parking lot as the guy leaves the facility. It's just like, hey, you, you're too pretty. (laughs) think fast and i throw like a you know an unopened can of foster's beer (laughs) it's australian for fuck you (laughs) jeez you want to move on you want to move on let's move on to the next uh to the next uh choice here uh in in fabwick holy shit this movie Wow. I um, don't know. I it's a look. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear do you do you do you want to hear what I do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? No, no, please. This? You you go first. Dude, I don't know how to, what to make of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I see what it's doing. I know its style. I'm not sure I like it. Um <laughs> But I appreciate it. Um, but I'm then I'm like, what? What is this? You know, <laughs> it's you know how you took the whole thing with like Oculus and like you're just like I don't know. Well, no, you you dislike this movie. I'm I'm on the fence about this movie, man. Hardcore. I'm just like, what is this? Like this feels really weird. Um, it. Uh, I kept trying to imagine what you were thinking while you were watching this movie because I was like, oh, man, what the hell? <laughs> well, while watching this movie, I thought I was high. Um, and then when I realized I wasn't, I was just resigned to the fact that uh, this movie's better than me. Um, the, the, <laughs> it, it does feel like it, right? It just like puts on its fucking red dress and goes out and just be like, "Your dinner's thawing in the kitchen." And I'm just like, you know what? I don't deserve her. <laughs> <laughs> I was as soon as this movie started. Well, as soon as um, uh, our first uh, protagonist uh, Sheila goes into the department store. And uh, is speaking with um, what's uh, what's the character's name? Is it Jill? 
um, what the 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 person that's working at behind the counter? The, yes, the weird witch lady. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I for I didn't catch her. I I don't remember her name. Well, the that the weird we'll call her the weird uh, witch lady. As soon as yeah. she started speaking, I was just like, oh, okay, it's this kind of film. Fine, yes, sure. you know? exactly, <laughs> exactly. And also the way it's shot, like it starts off very. It's got a very Italian uh, giallo 70s uh, feel to it. Yes. Which I appreciated. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I kind of, for uh, a couple of a couple of months ago, pre-pandemic, I kind of went on a Dario Argento binge. You know, um, I was just like, you know... <laughs> I'm feeling like some Italian, you know, and I just, <laughs> you know, just went through a whole bunch of uh, giallo horror movies. Um, and I was as soon as I saw this, I was just like, oh, this is this dude. This dude is is, is he's good. He's like throwing in <laughs> a lot of like uh, like the way it, the way it's shot is just so beautiful. Yes. Like, the colors are deep. Um the uh the story is dreamlike mm -hmm. um but i'm wondering if this movie suffers from style over substance hmm. hmm i think that i think for this movie they were probably uh one and the same i couldn't i couldn't imagine my attention being held by this movie if it had been as clean as say you know, a modern movie like Oculus, you know, it's like where it has some stylism with uh, color, sh um, uh, color casting and stuff like that. But this film, like you could literally see the grain from frame to frame. Um, and the every single scene, every single corner of every single scene was meticulous, meticulously placed from the wallpaper, the furniture, the fixtures, like you were totally transported. If if you had told me they had shot this back in the you know the mid seventies, I might have been prone to believe you because I didn't really know anybody in the film. So I was just like, wow, yeah. this this totally you know it was almost it had it had uh, flavors of uh, Suspiria. Let's put it that way. Yes, right? yes. Um, I, I definitely felt like it was. It had that that Suspiria flavor to it. It was very arty. There were moments and like uh, shots in it that were very kind of like the 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 movie had transitions where they mm -hmm. would just show like pictures cutouts from seventies um, magazines, mm. and then they would put this ominous music over it, and then you know they would uh, it would it just felt very like artistic without being pretentious yeah but uh it, i still felt like story-wise it was like <laughs> you know <laughs> there are moments where i felt like i was laughing uh, a lot and i was just like am i supposed to be laughing is this movie laughing at me or with me <laughs> It touched on a lot of my macho insecurities, and that's why, you know, I think that <laughs> men's rights should be respected. 
let's start a march. Um, this this movie, I think this movie was giggling at us after we left the room because uh, it just decided there were certain segments where it decided we're just going to be complete metaphor here and i'm talking specifically about the scene where they were cleaning the mannequin after store hours yes okay and it was just the coven and the mannequin is mostly naked and they're wiping it down and one of the male workers i guess he was a manager or something uh he stumbles onto the scene as they're cleaning it and he's fully fucking turned on he's old as shit and um, he starts masturbating and uh, they keep on cleaning the mannequin, not paying any attention. I mean, paying attention. Actually, they were paying attention to him. It's just like, oh, you like this, huh? What if I clean her, you know, plastic boobs, you know? And he just this was like his thing. You know, he was he was do- he was totally doing like a like a CK. You know, with these with these coven of witches. Oh, oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, I said it. I said it. Oh. Yeah, it's a give. It did also give off that just as gross feel kind of feeling because he was fully just fucking beating it like it owed him money. It was just. <laughs> but but the thing about that was like I was like I was confused. I was like because at one point also there are different versions of this movie. I don't know if you know that. Uh, <laughs> there is. Uh, I, it did, were, did you see the part? Was was the part where the mannequin bleeds from its uh, from its vagina? Did you see that part? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, and so that you was saw the unrated version. Also. That was okay, weird. Good. That was so weird. I was just like, "Yo, this is this movie." Uh, it's just like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. And uh, and the witch, the head witch, you know, touched the mannequin on on the vagina and then licked her fingers. I was just like, oh, okay. I know. I was. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm I'm like Homer watching Twin Peaks. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) This is brilliant. I don't get it. I didn't understand. I didn't quite understand it. I don't understand what they're trying to say. Are they trying to say that um, uh, femininity is commodified and um, men are perverts to uh, uh, to c- continue viewing this commodification and allowing it to happen? I'm like, is that what it's saying, or? Is it just a witch jilling off a mannequin, you know? <laughs> and then <laughs> licking the pussy juices. I mean, there. I mean, I've never, I've never worked retail in a large mall. Have you? Uh, it's maybe that's just what happens. But um, I, I, I lean toward your first explanation, though. I think it was definitely a commentary on the commodification of. Uh, of women's bodies and it being used for capitalism and um and though men are you know sort of depicted as this these disgusting trolls that just sort of hover around it and and pick uh from this commodification uh 
the the old guy that we mentioned who was masturbating, as well as just some random guy who was standing in the corner when Sheila tried to return the dress. And when she was just like, you know what? Forget it. And she just left because they kept Shakespearing bullshit into her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she left. And this one random dude behind the old guy started to turn around. And the guy was just like, hello, you know, and, oh, yeah, that's and right. the guy turned back around and kept looking at the wall. I was just like, that's that's what he does. He's just. <laughs> Didn't he have that guy later in like a figure four leg lock? Like he, I was just for no reason. He had that guy on the floor and he was just like, you know, you know, tap out. <laughs> I, th- I don't know. No, don't know. no, that was. um. It was somebody, I think it was that guy had a lady. Was it two guys or was it a guy and a girl? But yeah, I remember that scene. It was it was yeah. very weird and everybody was just standing around. Yeah, they were yeah. just like standing around and I was just like. Security. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, what are you trying to tell me, movie? Huh? I'm. I, I, I'm too stupid to know what you're saying. Uh, (laughs) 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 It's just devolved into a dog. Um, I will say this. um, I was kind of surprised that this movie comes from two different points of view Mm -hmm. because it's broken up into two segments. There's um, Sheila. Yeah. Which is played uh, amazingly by Marianne Jean-Baptiste. She's amazing. Uh, I love her character. I love the way she acts. I love her, the way um, she gains confidence. And then, spoilers, she dies. And, yeah. and then the movie moves on. And I'm just like, I like that person. Why did they have to die? And under such weird circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also, what do you make of this killer dress thing, man? I want to know, like uh, ah. the um, the oppressiveness of gender roles within society, and how it is both how it can be both empowering and detrimental to the individual. Um, because on one hand, Sheila uh, started to gain confidence when she got the dress, but it was ultimately a tool of her demise and then the character who takes up the second part of the film i believe his name is clive is it was it was it clive yes during during his whole stag party his friends all complete assholes um make him get in that dress and they just continue to just give him drink after drink after drink until he's just blackout drunk like he's literally on the ground throwing up um dying <laughs> pretty much right, right. and they're just like hey we're having a good time blah, blah, blah. and I'm, first of all i was just like is this what is this what brits do at stag parties because like i'm not no. familiar with this <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird and they take him to a club called zim zam <laughs> and then <laughs> it just turns into like this it's so weird Everything is fuchsia. I don't. I, why? Why would they take him to a dance club? I don't know. Anyway, that 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 just is is another cog in the in this weird wheel that mm. is this movie. Um, also, one, one other thing, really quick. 
um, am I reading too much into this that they cast um, uh, Brienne of Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie, as, um, uh, you know, Sheila's uh, son's girlfriend? Am I reading too much into the fact that um, is she supposed to represent um, white women and their role in, like, their, their, the way they tried to dominate over black women because I felt that like it was odd that she kept for one, she towers over mm-hmm. Marianne Jean Baptiste mm-hmm. for two. She uh, presents herself as so much more cultured, so much like I'm so much better. I speak French. I'm fucking your son. Like, mm. I'm just like, are they trying to say, um, what are they trying to say with her character? Like, are they trying to say that uh, white women are uh, trying to uh, undercut the role of black women within the gender conversation at the same time as they're fetishizing and sexualizing black men? Yep. And I would add to that that they um, also in doing that, make themselves obstacles within the relationship between black men and black women, whether it's a romantic relationship or the mother-son relationship, uh, whatever the dynamic is, they tend to insert themselves within that dynamic. Um, I think that's exactly what the film was trying to say, uh, especially at the part where uh, Sheila was trying to get into the bathroom and... um, uh, I, I forget her name. Uh, the uh, the taller the taller woman. What's her name in in the film? Oh, she, uh, the Gwendolyn Christie's character. Yeah, uh, she's Gwen. She Gwen. <laughs> so okay, not much of a stretch there. So when Gwen, almost un- unrec- unrecognizable, by the way. True, um, true. It took me a second to place her face, but uh, when she was talking to Sheila, and she. Um, they were trying to find out whether uh, Sheila's son was in the house. She's just like, oh, he probably uh, fell asleep. He tends to do that. It's like because of all the stress, as soon as he comes, he's just out. And I was just like, whoa, you told this boy's mother to her face when her son comes. He just passes out like, wow, you're a piece yeah, of, you're, was... you're a piece of shit. Also, it was kind of weird that did you notice that um, Sheila kind of when she's caught them having sex that she just stayed there for like a moment too long just watching them. I think that was it was weird, but it's it's a um, <sighs> it's one of those things that when you are really really lonely and you hear sex coming through the walls. Um, there's there's the animal part of your brain that just sort of like takes notice for a little too long, even though it's somebody else's uh, activity and privacy. So it was a very it was one of the most human moments in the film because it's okay. it's not like it's because she wasn't trying to catch her son uh, having sex or anything like that. It was just like, oh, there's sex going on. And I haven't had that in a while, you know, so uh, okay. it was it, it was still, to depict I, her. It was to depict her thirst. Let's put it that way. OK, OK. I still felt uncomfortable by that. 
whole thing. <laughs> I was like, why is she there? Why? That, I mean, I get it. There's sex, but it's your son. Just move it, move it, keep it moving, you know? <laughs> um, but again, I'm just like, what is this movie trying to say? Is this movie trying to say that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's trying to say. And I'm just like, is it just a movie about um, a haunted dress? Or is there a lot more layers <laughs> to this <laughs> fabric? jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's myself. say that. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Might as well have been you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, okay. And then with uh, the character of, his name isn't Clive, it's Reg Speaks, which I always thought that was really odd. Ah. Um, but um, then I was just like, is it trying to say that white men get paid attention to uh, with regards to even the most like mundane of things like like sure the character gets fired um there's some question about uh, what he what the movie's trying to say with regards to gender when he puts on the dress but then also it goes back to him like having that conversation with his bosses, which mm-hmm. are the same bosses that Sheila had. Yeah. Yeah. Except when he starts talking about mundane shit, uh, they're just like, Oh my God, I'm going to have an orgasm. And I'm just like, are they trying to say that white men just have this, uh, have more leeway within the workplace? Hmm. You know, I, or- I, or was it just being weird for being weird's sake, you know? Hmm. Good question. You know, I didn't read it as that they were about to have an orgasm when he started speaking about the components of a washing machine. If anything, I started to read it and his um his fiance also had the the same reaction, uh, that they were unbelievably bored. Uh it seemed like they sort of their eyes sort of like crossed and their head sort of lulled back and they would have rather have been anywhere else than wherever he was. Um, if anything, it might, if if anything, it might've been, sorry, it might've been a, a commentary on, uh, I might be missing the mark, but of him not getting the attention or respect that he, thought he should have because it seemed like at some point at closer to his part of the film at the beginning of his part of the film he was emasculated he was sort of like his balls were cut off especially with the putting on of the dress um when he's trying to lay a pipe to his fiance and she's not even giving him like any acknowledgement she's just trying to talk to him about the wedding plan. She's just like, well, if you invited this person, then that means we got to invite this person. And he's just like, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, beat it up right now. And she's just like, are you paying attention? Like she asked him while he's having sex with her, are you paying attention to what I'm telling you? 
Um, it's sort of like he was defanged and didn't really exist for the rest of the for the rest of his part of the film, maybe. But was that because uh, his character was made more feminine by the dress? Like, I'm just like, is it trying to say that men who are more feminine uh, or who accept femininity within themselves uh, are viewed as castoffs from society? That but then, I'm sorry. No, I, no, please, please. I, I, I just wanted to get to, to, to this thing. Also, with regards to that thing with the bosses, I would have thought the same thing when Reg Speaks uh, talks to his to those two boss guys. Mm-hmm. And then, but the, uh, I, I thought that they were bored too, but they ask for him to, to go through it. They're just like, tell us, tell us about washing machines. Hmm. And he's just like, okay, I'll tell you about this. And then he loses his mojo. And then they're just like, it's okay. It's okay. And then they <laughs> they give him the whole performance anxiety. I felt like they were giving the whole the, him the performance anxiety talk. Mm. They were just like, it's okay. It's okay. Just calm down. Mm. You can do this. And then he went back into it. And then they crossed their eyes. And it felt like, I don't know. I, I felt like there was some kind of weird pleasure that they were deriving from it. Mm. Um, mm. I, I don't know what to make of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Let, it's let's, a lot. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of these films that you could keep on deconstructing for a while. Um, yeah, which um, which I gotta say, I I enjoyed that aspect of it. There was there was a lot to this film, but uh, there was so much good acting and uh, the visuals, uh, the pacing, even the sa- the soundscapes that they put in this film just created a whole atmosphere. And I the I, score is just yeah. so. It's so it feels like a little bit like Suspiria. It does feel like it's got that goblin tinge to it. It's got that, uh, you know, that Italian horror movie feel to it. Uh, so, yeah, I loved it. I loved that fucking aspect of, of the movie, the score and the sound design. So good. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I you know what? I have to rewatch this movie. This is definitely mm. it's a thing. It's a thinker. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're pitting these. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Did you want to add anything more? I'm just like, I feel no, like- no, not at all. I, I think I think uh, that summarizes it really well. Um, dress versus mirror. Who wins? <laughs> uh, I'm going with the dress. Okay, I'm saying I I, I think it's. It's the dress, but not by much. Um, I think uh, I think they're both really good movies. They're very different styles. They're very different movies. Yes. <laughs> one is definitely more straightforward than the other. The other one is a lot of... There's a lot of metaphors going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe more so than escapes my grasp. Um, but, you know... Uh, that's what lube is for. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what I was trying to say with that. Um, but yeah, okay, okay. So we both go with dress. Uh, in fabric is the champ here. That's right. That's uh, right. Highly, I highly recommend in fabric. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a great watch, even if it's a lot. Um, 
I I wouldn't waste my time on Oculus though. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I would waste your time on Oculus. That's that's where I'm get, what I'm going to advise the listeners, dear <laughs> listeners. That's where I stand. Watch Oculus. It's pretty good. <laughs> but if you want to see great, watch The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ah, sucked boss. Um <laughs> So we'll get into that at some other point. Uh, but for right now, I think that wraps her up. Yes, yes. Yeah. So from both of us here, uh, thank you for joining our Halloween-themed spectacular quarantine fun time special happy hour. <laughs> and in all seriousness, go vote. Seriously, go yes, vote. Please, please vote. Um. As always, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots vs. Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. You drag your bones across the Right.